0: Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come.
1: I'm so glad that all of you are here today. And uh, I just wanna share with you that today is a great day and you know when I come up here to share with you about the Word of God you know every week I, I put my all into it and with that being said today I want to ask you to put your all into it because today is just not an ordinary day um, today I'm sharing with you not only what my heart bleeds for but what I truly believe God's heart bleeds for so I want to ask you to be sure, if you haven't downloaded our app, download our app, pull up the notes, take notes, do it again. Be sure, in an essence, that God writes on the tab of your heart, because I want our DNA of our church, that all of us share the DNA of our church. So that's what we're talking about in the high five. So uh, would you join me in that? If you would join me in that, say amen. All right. Let's jump in together, and let's get started, all right? So, um, I'm glad that you're here, and if you're, it's your first time for being here, thank you for coming to Freedom Church. Uh, we're so thankful that you would come today and maybe it's your first time watching online if you're watching online I want to challenge you to come we have plenty of space here uh, To spread out in our auditorium and we'd love to have you in person in lines in in, in online is great But in person is so much better uh, So we'd love for you to be a part of that if you've never been here come if you are once here come back We'd love to see you and be a part I want to challenge you in that and uh, so with that being said uh I'm starting off to talk about this question. I ask this question. How many of you here, you actually grew up in church? Would you raise your hand? You grew up in church. How many of you did not grow up in church? Raise your hand and hold it real high. All right, look across. Quite a few people. It was in the last service too. So when you think about not growing up in church, I got to tell you, when I grew up in church, it was just automatic that we went to church on Sundays. Uh, My parents were Christians and I grew up cutting my teeth, as the old saying goes, on the back of a church pew. I sat in the back with my friends and I would play connect the dots and tic-tac-toe and all that kind of cool stuff. And, and with that being said, but uh, I do remember uh, being a very, very tyrant of a child. I was called Terrible Terrell. And no joke, I remember a time when I was being chased down the aisle and my daddy is following me with a switch while the preacher's preaching. Can I get a witness? True story. Now, I'm not kidding y'all. That's true. Uh, today, the law officers will be questioned do they need to take the person to jail? Which, I'm going to stay out of that. But anyway, we just don't see that anymore. But I could tell you some crazy stories about growing up in church. But what I want to do is to tell you that we're living in a different day and a different time. But I gave my life to Christ when I was 12 years old. And then I got mixed up with the wrong people. And by the time I was 18 years old, I landed in jail for 20 days and it, uh, it was a moment in time that really changed the trajectory of my life. Um, I was thrown in jail for dealing dope and uh, God had to get my attention and then God changed me from being a dope dealer to a hope dealer. But there was two prayers I prayed in the jail. I said, God, I said, help me get me, help, I'm asking you to please help me get me out of the mess that I've got myself into. I said, I'll do anything you want me to in my life I said, second to that, if you'll send me a good woman, it would give me the incentive to, to be able to marry her, to love her, and to serve her for the rest of my life and raise my family in your will and way. So God has done that. I look back all these years later and God did some tremendous things. But when Shannon and I got married, I began uh, you know, serving the Lord and we was going to her church. And, and then in the fall, in actually August of 1997, God called me into ministry and i began preaching everywhere and next thing you know we were called away and went into youth ministry and then next thing you know and i was studying and went to school after the calling to learn how to be the best i could be uh for the kingdom and for serving him and and then god put on my heart to start a church for shannon us both and then we did something that was totally foreign to the people that we were in in our circle of christendom And so as we did uh, do that, we started, uh, I went to another church and and I was there for about a year, but then God quickly let me know that you're out of my will, Uh, you need to do what I want you to do. And they fully understood. And then uh, we uh, launched this church after a year of working very hard, we launched this church on March 3rd. 2002, with 159 people in Hendersonville High School Auditorium. Now, with that being said, and what we did there at the birth of that day, we wanted to be a church where that the unchurched people would want to be. So, after we launched in 2002, I began looking for land, and God provided the way, and we purchased this property here, 15 and a half acres, in 2004. Since then, we've had three. Phases of buildings that we've done and I want to say thank you to all of you all that have been a part Through this journey of what we were doing and I want to really thank God for what we have here at the corner of, of, of Here with with our road boy. I'll tell you what I went blank. What is the name of a road here? Greenlee Boy, well, I'll tell you what squirrel Corner of Greenlee and 386 But anyway with that being said You know, we have an appealing setting here. Thank God for this beautiful place we have. Is that cool or what? I I love this. It's a beautiful place that God's provided for us. And so we want to also have engaging communication. You know, I I don't want just to get up here and give you information. I want to give you the Word of God which will bring transformation. We want to be able to give you the Word of God that will bring transformation with our students, transformation with our children. That's what takes place and what what God can do in our hearts and everything. And, And we want the content to be helpful. If you're not challenged when you leave here, then there's something wrong. We did you an injustice to be able to voluntarily give your time for being here in this service together. But here's where we're at. There's a great big challenge in front of us. You so said, What do you mean? The challenge is is that the, the church we started, which will be 19 years ago this coming Wednesday, we started the church in an era that really it was like the Field of Dreams. If you built it, people would come. We could do mail outs and, and we could do a, a sermon series and put sex on a billboard that we're going to do that, or we could do an egg drop, or we could say, if We're going to have animals to pet, and, and people would come out, and they still do to a certain extent. But society no longer sees the local church as a premier place for their answers in life as what it once was from God's perspective. And you may say, why? Our world has changed, especially since the internet, especially since 9-11. And The internet has become an information highway, but even with it being an information highway, it doesn't bring transformation. According to Pew Research, grab this, 23% of Americans represents the nuns. And you're thinking, Sally Fields and the Flying Nun. How many, show your age and tell me you remember Sally Fields and the Flying Nun. If you don't know what that is for the rest of you, you can go to YouTube. I'm sure you will find it. But I'm not talking about Flying Nuns. I'm talking about those who have no religious affiliation. If you ask them who they're connected with, I'm connected with the Methodists, or I'm connected with the B- Baptists, or I'm connected with the Pentecostals, or I'm connected with uh, the Church of God, whatever. They, they don't have any religious affiliation whatsoever. That's around 56 million people. And get this, it's 23% now, it's only 16% in 2007. If that doesn't bother you as a Christian, I asked you, What will? What will? of them are 35 years old and under in the nuns, and most of them grew up in church. A lot of them went to the student camp. They got the T-shirt. They were the ones that were in Sunday school, but they left the faith. Why is that? Even 70% of them say that they don't even believe the Bible is true, and they don't believe it's the Word of God. The question is, why did they walk away? The lion's share say they just don't believe anymore. How many of you know someone like that? They say they just don't believe what we're talking about. Raise your hand all across the auditorium. Wow. Case in point. They've rejected the faith. And millennials are walking away in record numbers. So, me as an individual, and and I think those of you here, those of you watching online, how many of you are like me? You really do want to have values. Would you raise your hand and say, I really do want to have values. Well, I think that's all of us here. We want to to have values in our life. We want to be known as people that have the right values. Hopefully, you as God's people here, you're saying, I want not only to have good values, but I want godly values. I love what Albert Einstein said one time. He said, try not to become a man of success, but try to become a man of value. Or put it this way, try to become a woman of value. When you think about values, values are a set of beliefs They are a set of priorities. It is views which we find most important in our lives. It affects the way that we act. It affects the way that you and I make decisions on a daily basis. The person who values relationships over anything else is going to be able to do something more so than a person who values money or possessions over the relationships. See, you and I are wired to act and to be able to react based on our values. See, values makes things for you and I crystal clear. Jesus talked about this in Matthew 6 and 21. He said, where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So do you understand what Jesus is saying here in the Sermon on the Mount? He's saying here that our values are primarily a heart issue you say what do you mean what we desire the most is what we value the most that's what we operate from that's the principles of what we do and do life from when it comes to our actions but understand whatever you say your values are you must understand that God looks at the heart in the Old Testament Samuel said in first Samuel 16 and 7 he said that we look at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart Although our actions that we have in everyday life are reflective of what the contents are of our hearts, what they truly are, it's easy for you and I to be able to match the heart's desires and with these different pretentious actions that we have. But God looks at the heart. He knows my contents of my heart. He knows the contents of yours. He knows what your desires really, truly are, and he knows what my desires are. And God wishes so much. He wishes so much that, that, that our very heart, the soul-driving force behind our hearts, that we would desire him and his values every day of our life. But when you think about it, what does God truly value the most that's the question that's the question in this moment see by showing us what he values the most that's how we know what God values the most it's all of us it's humanity that's who God values the most. The most quoted verse in all of the Bible, John three sixteen. look what it says. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. See, God so valued all of us that He made us, those of us that were of little or no intrinsic value, to be valuable by exchanging His value for ours. That's what he did with his only son so I asked you this question and please ask it of yourself do you truly value others the way God proved he values you ask yourself that question today it's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are, it's not hard to make those decisions when, it, and when it's spiritually, physically, relationally, financially, professionally, or even as a church. It's not hard to be able to do it. So that's why that we as a church at Freedom Church have these high five values. It's the DNA that defines who we are and why we do what we do for God's calling and for His glory. And I want you to understand these just aren't creeds. These aren't just things that we put on a plaque in a hallway. This is not just some file in our computer. They're the essence of what we do in building an authentic community through Jesus Christ now and for eternity. These these Five values that we have in this moment, that's what we do to accomplish our existence as a church. That's how we accomplish our vision. That's how we accomplish our goals and our dreams, to be able to reach people who need to know Jesus Christ in their heart and soul, and to be able to grow up in Jesus Christ. Look at the person next to you and say, grow up in Jesus grow up in Jesus. That's what it's all about. Because there's too many people today that are not growing up in Jesus. There's a lot of people across this nation in churches that come into churches and they sit here and all they can do is drink milk. They can't handle anything stronger. You know why that is? And I'm going to get on a Pentecostal platform here for a minute. Listen to me carefully. Too many Christians today have become way too selfish with their salvation. They have forgotten what it's like to know what it is to be lost. They have forgotten what it's like to know that somebody's out there hurting, somebody's out there broken, somebody's out there addicted, somebody's out there losing hope, somebody's out there insecure, somebody out there's about this close to throwing the towel in in life. And they need the Lord like never, ever before. Freedom Church's existence is to reach people to know our great, loving, merciful God. So today, we're going to, beginning these five weeks leading up to Easter, we're going to kick it off today talking about everyone reaching. Would you say that with me? Everyone reaching. Now say it like you're the one that's going to do some reaching. Everyone reaching, Okay. Everyone reach him, we believe that we love God through Jesus to be able to reach others to, so they can have what we found. We want them to discover our great God. 1 John 4, 9 and 10. Here is John that wrote John three sixteen, as well as writing these three letters, as well as the book of Revelation. Listen to what he says here. See the correlation. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. See, because God loves us, God created you to be able to love you. And you matter so much to God that he wants to keep you with him, not only now, but for the rest of eternity. Look at verse 10. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. When you think about sins, it means missing the mark. And when you think about God... Nothing sinful can ever be in God's presence because God is absolute goodness. If we come to Christ, we trust him, we believe in him, and we receive him, and we're born again, and we believe that from what he did for us on the cross of Calvary, we're not going to have to suffer the penalty of sin in a devil's hell. Look up and say, thank you, Jesus. We better thank him for that because he's a good, gracious, loving, merciful God that had you in his, on his mind while he was suffering on the cross. When we come to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we get to continue at that moment reaching up and exercising that relationship with God. You know how it is when you've been to a, how many of you have been in the mosh pit here? Just go ahead and raise your hand and confess before God and all these people. You've been in a mosh pit at a concert. Man, I, I, you, you're trying to touch the artist and hope they'll get sweat on right? You know, whatever you do, you're just trying to do that. You know, you're hoping to do that. It's not like the time that I've seen Dee Snyder and Twisted Sister. They were throwing bottles at that dude. I'm serious. He was, they run him off stage in the Minnesota in a auditorium. Nobody was wanting to touch Dee Snyder, Twisted Sister, because he was Twisted Sister, okay? But my point is when you have that relationship with Jesus, Man, you want to continue reaching up and exercising the love that God has given you in your heart and in your life. And once again, we just did this series on this, but Matthew 22 is about what we're reaching. First and foremost, when you're reaching up, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So I want to take you a perspective on this verse here for a moment. When you think about the heart, really the heart is about passion. The Message Bible says this, it says, love the Lord your God with all your passion, prayer and intelligence and energy. I don't know if you know this, but the word passion from the major writing of the New Testament Bible was written in the language of Greek. The Greek word of heart was about passion. So God is saying, I want you to be able to put some muscle, be able to put some energy, be able to put some emotion into the relationship that you have with me. I don't want you to be half-hearted about that. I want you to be reaching up with everything you got and all of that right there and giving it all to me and all that you have got. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to just be in with this relationship with me just part of the time. I want it to be all the time. If you're going to follow me, do it with passion and all that you've got. I don't know if you realize, but Passion and pain correlate. When you look and you study the Scriptures and you see what Jesus has done, the pain that Jesus experienced, seeing His heavenly Father's pain is the very pain that drove Jesus to die for you and I on the cross. Jesus experienced the ultimate pain so that we could have His peace. So when I'm reaching up with all my heart to love God with everything that I can do, that's when I get closer to God. That's when me as an individual. If you're married, you get closer to your spouse, you have better relationships, you have growth in your business, you get opportunities in your careers. We have a church that going explode with a Holy Spirit revival like no other time. I want to share God's love and passion. And I want you to share God's love and passion like never before until I don't have any strength to give anything else because there are broken people who are hurting and they need healing and they need hope and they need joy and they need a purpose and they need something to be passionate about besides what the world's going to give them. You look at your soul. Your soul is really your belief and your faith. Reaching up to be soulmates with our great creator. Believing that God has your back in mind and he has your best in mind and he has my best in mind. God has your whole life in mind when he directs every step that you take. And what God does, he gives us a measure of faith to receive Christ as our Lord and be born again. But then he also wants you to be able to stretch that faith. And when that faith stretches, then your faith grows. So no matter what you face in your life, you're going to be victorious. You're not going to be a victim. See, if you'll just feed that faith in that relationship, your doubts, my friend, will starve to death. And that's a good word. It's the truth. But also it's your mind. When you think about your mind, it really correlates to your dreams. You know, a lot of times when we think about dreams, we think that just young people dream dreams. They dream dreams when it comes to the heart or the soul or your mind. And maybe that's true to some extent. I've noticed you go to... Cracker Barrel. And a lot of times you see the older people out there and they're rocking on them rocking chairs. They're waiting for their moment to get in there, them bittles. And if you ever sometimes just eavesdrop on listening to them, what are they talking about? What is Cracker Barrel, the vintage Cracker Barrel, triggered in their mind? Think with me. The past. They're thinking about the past. They're thinking about the the good old days. And there's nothing wrong with thinking about the good old days. But that's not what young hearts do. That's not what young souls do. That's not what young minds do. They have this young mindset. They talk about what? They talk about the future. So I want to challenge all of you, and I don't want you to think about your chronological age, but I want you to think in terms that you're going to live forever, but you have a season in this life. It's not where that we have been, but it's where God has taken us. What about you? What do you talk about in your life? Do you spend a lot of time talking about what was? Are you praying and seeking God for what's going to be? Think about that. Where you're going. You know what a lot of people do? They spend their time thinking about how to get back where they were instead of where God wants to take them. He wants to take them in the relationship with Him. They want to take them a with, in the relationship in their marriage or the relationship with a friend or, or be in that marriage having more intimacy or take them to where that God wants to take them in the church. Listen, keep your mind on God and pursue the dreams that God put in your life. Don't let anybody snuff that out whatsoever. Never let anybody talk to you out of pursuing a dream that God has put in your heart. And listen to me, be really careful about who you let people that speak into your life. Your friends will either stretch your vision or they'll choke your dreams. So we exercise that relationship that get, when we come to Christ and we're reaching up. Then we don't want to be selfish with that salvation. We don't want to be selfish with that relationship. We don't want to be selfish with that wonderful, grace loving God, do we? We want to reach out to other people. Verse 39 there in Matthew 22 says, A second is equally. Do you hear that? Equally it says, Love your neighbor as yourself. And Pastor Jim done a great job expounding on this last week. A lot of people, it's really easy for you to love yourself. And other people, not so much because you're broken and you're hurting and you, you feel hopeless or, or you feel insecure. You just want to give up or someone's made you feel less than. Listen, you have got to love yourself. But when you begin to love yourself, you need to love other people because. There's no loving others without living for others. We don't need to stop at what God has given us. We need to give that to other people. Loving others is not tested by some kind of creed that you recite or the songs that you sing, but that the fact of it is that you love other people. The measure in which we love other people will be the measure in which people in this world is going to believe that you received Jesus or believe in the Christ that you say that you received. Love is more than a feeling. You know, how many of you love the rock band Boston? One of the premier, best rock bands ever was in question. Do not argue with me about it, okay? Love is more than a feeling though, okay? It's more than a feeling. And I want you to understand that today it is an attitude that reveals itself in an action. Loving others is an attitude that I have that reveals itself in action to other people. So How can we love others as Jesus loved us and still does? That's a tall order, probably not going to happen to that level, but why can't we try? Why can't we try to love other people like he's loved us by helping someone when it's inconvenient or or being able to give to somebody even though it's going to hurt us, or being able to devote time to other people, or be a good listener? Or when you ask someone how they're doing, you stop and you pause and you look them in the eye and say, how are you doing? And you wait for the response. Sacrifice for others. Trying our best because Jesus sacrificed his life for you and me. So what does it boil down to when I'm reaching out to other people? We have to get in our minds and embed in our minds that lost people matter to God. Luke nineteen and ten. Listen to what, look what Doctor Luke said. He said, "Well, the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost." If we're not careful, though, we become so comfortable that we lose any desire to go and look and search for somebody that's lost. Now listen to me closely, and I want you to track with me very closely. Listen to me closely. Focus. What if you were lost? What if you were a non-Christian and Christians treated you the way you treat non-Christians right now? Would you ever find Jesus? We get so busy, church, and we go out them doors and we run after the American dream as if that's what it's all about. And in any moment, God is allowing me and you and our heartbeat 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 and one day it's going to beat for its last time if you're a christian yes you can make heaven your home but who are you not going to get to take with you what if you were being treating people like you haven't been treating others when it comes to being non-christian would those people feel judged would they feel looked down on would they maybe ever get invited to church would they feel condemned or just strictly be ignored because you just don't have time lean in for a moment if you're a born again christian lean in and listen closely the reality is most of us have forgotten what it's like to be lost and not know jesus is lord We've lost sight of what the Bible says, that God loves the world, not just church people. We've lost sight of when Jesus commanded five times in the New Testament Bible in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Acts to reach the world. We've lost sight of of being able supposed to pray, not just pray for people to come to Jesus, but that we're to go out and do our best to engage them in a conversation and see where they're at in life. So what does that mean that you and I can do? It shouldn't fall on a church staff. It shouldn't sh- fall on a pastor. A pastor, my job is to be able to equip the sheep. Shepherds don't make sheep. Sheep make sheep. Are you with me? Shepherds don't produce sheep. Sheep produce sheep. Sheep. But think about it, so what do we do? It's just each one of us just reach one. Just imagine, if you leave here today and you begin to think about who's in my circle of life, that I need to engage in a conversation, that I need to begin to be able to help them and say, come on, let's hang out together. Come on, follow me. Let's do life together, whether they're pre-conversion or post-conversion. What if we go out there and do just do life together, not go to Starbucks and say, let's go to Starbucks and get a latte and we'll read the Bible. Have you read Revelation chapter 9? Do you know who that demon and that serpent is and that old devil is inside there? Have you read Revelation 12 when he says he's coming against us day and night? That sounds exciting. I'd love to be a part of that. No. Get out there and find somebody and just do life with them. And say, you know what? God has blessed me. Let's go and let's do life together. Let's go shopping together. Let's go fishing together. Let's do something together. Just build a relationship. Engage them in a conversation. Love them where they're at in life. Because if you'll love them where they're at in life, I promise you Jesus will get a hold of them through the power of the Holy Spirit and take them where he wants to take them. But it's up to us to be able to do that. It's up for us to be able to want to do that in our hearts and in our lives. And you know what? If, just imagine, if we all, each one, reach one, our church would double at once. And then all those people will be going out there and doing the same thing as we have, not just a good opportunity, but a God opportunity in heaven to be celebrated. And I promise you, Satan would be really, really ticked off. See, when you leave here, I often say, you've got to put on your spiritual antennas. So I thought I was going to help you all to just show you what spiritual antennas look like today. When I leave this church today, I've got to have my spiritual antennas up looking for somebody that needs Jesus, listing in my workplace, listing when I go shopping, listing when I go to the grocery store, listing when I see my neighbor across the street and see where they're at in life. What do you do? You say, what, what do you do when you see them? You just take the time just to invest. Invest your time. Sometimes it might be investing your money, but you've got to be intentional about it. It's got to be a lifestyle. It can't be something you just do once and say, oh, they didn't do it. I'm going to go somewhere else and forget this. No, Jesus doesn't want the church to be some kind of exclusive club. He wants everyone to know him and everyone to be able to follow him. So it's vital that we become fully engaged in what God wants us to do as a church family. And we invest in the unchurched people in our daily lives everywhere. Find somebody. Get your spiritual antennas up and be listening for those folks. And be discipling with them. A the disciple's a learner. If you're a Christian and you're just a step or two in front of them, just say, Follow me. Follow me. That's what Jesus did. But also, There's going to be people in life that you kind of know and don't know and and all that. You just need maybe invite them. You say, what do you mean? Invite them. And I want to thank you for being inviters. Invite them to the church. This is a church where we welcome unchurched people to be a part of. And here's what's sad. Stats reveal to us that people in America do not attend church just out of the blue. They just don't do it. Most new people in church that come, they come because somebody invited them. Dr. Tom Rainer in his book, The Unchurched Next Door, listen to this. 82% of unchurched are likely to attend church if somebody invited them. Only 2% of church members they found in their study invite unchurched people to the church. That means 98% of people never inviting someone to come and be a part of their church family. Seven out of ten unchurched people have never been invited to church in their whole life. Now, some of you are thinking, Pastor, you look silly, and I'm going to say this... You know, maybe you're thinking, Pastor, I've, I've tried to invite people. Everybody I know goes to church, and, and even those that, that don't, and I've invited them. And, and, and I don't want to invite them too much because I'm going to appear to be pushing them. I'm going to appear to be pushing the gospel on them or something. What if they say no? What if you never invite them? And they die and go to hell because they never had a testimony that they gave their heart to Jesus. See, there's power in an invitation. Man, I keep these things right here. They're, they're there for your taking. I keep them with me everywhere I go. And I just always imagine when I hand people this card, I just handed them a ticket to paradise. And it might be they bring their spouse, two tickets to paradise. Come on, Eddie Money, that's good. You just handed them and changed their direction and trajectory of their life because you took the time to do something so simple as to invite them to your church family. You think, a lot of times people think when they're gonna invite somebody, they think, well, how do I know to invite somebody? You got your spiritual antennas up. You say, what do you mean? Well, maybe you hear a conversation in the break room or you hear a conversation somewhere and you're just earshot of it, and, and you just, you got the Holy Spirit. This is what you're doing. Your Holy Spirit antennas up, and you say, well, they say, well, they're not in church. Well, if they say they're not in church, that's when you take that card and say, oh, you're not in church? Well, I've, I'm glad you said that right there. Come and check out our church. Wow. that You know, it ain't, I don't have a dumbbell in my arm like I do a few times a week. I mean, it's just real simple to hand a card. Or maybe they say, wow, I didn't know that was going to happen. And you begin to hear them saying about something that's happened in their life. Or maybe you hear him say, You know, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared to hear that I got cancer. See, anytime there's tension, anytime there's trouble, anytime where someone's in transition, that's an opportunity when you have your spiritual antennas up and you're looking for it and you're listening for it. You can say, Hey, why don't you come to my church Sunday? Paul had some very strategic words which is applicable to us in in his first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 3. Listen to this very closely. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world, as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I I am a follower of Paul, and another one says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news Each of us did this work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your heart, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. Just imagine if it's, you thought in this measure, and you just thought, well, Pastor, I know there's people's loss, lost, but I don't really have time. I'm busy. I've got this to do. we got contracts to make. The kids are in these sports, and we're going here and there and everywhere. I believe you can do it. So just imagine if I did do it. I went over here. Let me, okay, as I'm out and about, I'll, I'll plant a seed where I can, and, oh, here's an opportunity. I'll plant a seed over here, oh, yeah I'll, I'll plant a seed right here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then, oh, oh, I know what I do. Next time, maybe if I run into them, I'll go over here and I try to water that one, and oh, here's that one. Again, I'll, I'll try to water that one, and wow, oh Lord, you said you'd make them grow, but just imagine. Just imagine if everybody here got so concerned that our value is what God values most because he valued it in me. And we were all planting seeds and we were going about and seeds were just getting planted everywhere. And they were going across this city and all of a sudden the seeds just kept going out, kept going out, and they kept going out, and they kept going out. And then all of a sudden people are coming behind and all of a sudden they're splashing the water and they're watering the seeds everywhere. And all of a sudden we began to see a revival break out because God was all about making it grow, and we can see amazingly the kingdom of God begin to grow like never before, church. Come on now. That's what God wants to do, and I believe that if we were truly convinced of the reality of heaven and hell, no one's going to have to talk us into doing it. And I'll take this off so you'll take me serious. Stop and think for a moment, those of you that are born again, Stop and think about who told you about Jesus. Stop and think about maybe who invited you. Stop and think about God's plan has always been to be able to reach people. So I asked you, who are you planting seeds with? Who are you watering? And saying, God, you said you'd give the increase. Who are you reaching? Jesus didn't want us to gather together as a group of people to proclaim theology and sing songs and and act as if we're morally superior in regards to the rest of the community. No, that's not what God's plan is. We're called to reach people, and we reach the lost at any cost. So I want us to be the church that treats people that's far from God as if we were the people that are far from God. I asked you, I ask you to partner with me in this and make it a lifestyle. This Wednesday, March 3rd, March 19 years that we've been going as a church, man, it just so blows my mind how quickly it's went by. And man, could I tell you some stories. But I want to ask you to go get out of your comfort zone. If you possibly can, clear your calendar and be here in this auditorium this Wednesday night at 630. We're going to have a night, not just of worship, but of worship and prayer. It's also, we're going to talk about the two weeks leading up to Easter. We're going to have a prayer and a fast that we be people that are going to be investing in and inviting those people. Because God is still using that particular day called Easter to be able to reach people to know Him. So if you love God, if you love other people, and if you love this church, and you call it your church, even if it's your first time here, you'd love to call it your church, join us and be here this Wednesday if you all you can clear your calendar souls are in the balance. So I'll leave you with this with two important questions. Ask yourself this question, will I be going to heaven? Do you have Jesus in your head or is Jesus in your heart? Because the difference in heaven and hell is about 18 inches. You'll have that opportunity before we close today. But the next question is for those of you that are born again believers. Ask yourself this question, will anybody be in heaven because of me? I keep this, this question before me. I, I live with this every day. When are God's people going to get so... Bothered that someone could be lost forever and spend eternity in hell. When are we going to get bothered like that? When are we going to get out of our comfortable state if you gave your life to Christ? Let's sit me closer I just want to ask you to do this if you're here today and you gave your life to Christ as a result of the of the church called freedom church Would you just do me a huge favor and just stand to your feet real quick? Just stand up, it's okay, just stand to your feet. God bless you, people are standing. Look right, remain standing, look across here church, look across here church, give the Lord God some praise. Give the Lord God some praise church, come on now. You guys can be seated. Just imagine how many more out there would love to have one of these empty seats in here so they could learn to go out and reach their friends and their friends and own, and it'd be a domino effect of people coming to Christ. You may wonder why are you so passionate about this pastor you want to grow a big church and get a big name and and be no no i could care less about that i want to see people escape a devil's hell and you know why i'm so passionate about it and i've shared this story before and i'm going to share it again for those of you who may have never heard it when i was young in ministry and i was a youth pastor a guy named frank moved in close to our house that i had to drive by his house when i went home to my house every day multiple times when it started, and I seen it was Frank, he looked like one of the guys from ZZ Top, had this long, big red beard, big guy. He had these big yellow headphones and he would walk, he would jog down the road. When I discovered it was Frank, the Holy Spirit, boom, hit me on the heart and said, stop and tell him what I've done in your life. Because we used to be wild together on the other side of the fence, you know what I'm saying? And I always say, it's always something that the enemy would give me this excuse and and say, well, you don't have time now. You got to get home and get ready to drive the bus. You know, you're doing youth ministry. Not only doing youth ministry, you're driving the bus and you're preparing the message and you're trying to get things going. You already be, I got to get home. I need to help Shannon with kids. We got three girls and we got ponytails and we got dresses and we got food and just always excuse after excuse. Not to even stop and just roll the window down. Hey, Frank, how's life? But I didn't get the opportunity. Frank put a pistol in his mouth and he killed himself. So my opportunity that time and time and time that God gave me, cause I didn't listen and I was always too busy in ministry to minister to no doubt a man that was broken and a man that was hurting. And I don't want her to be a Frank in none of your lives. That's why it's so important. Everyone reaching, imagine what can get planted, imagine what can get watered, and imagine what God will do, making it grow. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we love you, we praise you, we honor you, we thank you for this amazing day. God, I want to pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that's online or in person here. God, that they will accept the full-fledged challenge, God, and commitment to live every day of their life as if not only their life depended on it, but somebody's life is going to be dependent on it or they'd be lost forever. God, I pray, Lord, as we reach up in our relationship with you and we get closer to you, Heavenly Father, God, that we will be so strengthened, God, that we will see the need to reach out like beggars telling another beggar where to get a piece of bread so they can know Jesus now and forever. God, I pray for every lost person in every person's life here, God that you know who they are already, Lord, that you would begin to help them, God, to reach them and put their spiritual antennas on. I pray, God, for every person here. I pray for them for boldness because boldness has blindness. Boldness is always blind. Boldness doesn't see inconveniences, God. Boldness doesn't, doesn't see obstacles. Boldness sees opportunity, God. So God, help us all to be bold, to invest and invite as a lifestyle. How many of you right now know that God has spoke to your heart and he wants you to reach those in your circle of life. Would you just lift your hand real high right now, cross the auditorium. I know God has touched my heart and I know he wants me to reach others. God, I pray for each one, God, Lord, to bless them, God, with his strength, opportunity, and boldness in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Christ and you're on the verge of giving up. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're stressed out. Maybe you come here looking for relief. You could have not picked a better place because Jesus wants to rescue you. He doesn't want you to be ruined. If he's knocking on your heart right now, that's the power of the Holy Spirit convicting you. He wants to come in your life, and it's your prayer that will make the difference that you receive Christ and be born again. Would you just tell him, say, Lord, I want to invite you in my life. It's your prayer. Come into my heart, Lord. Will you please accept me as your child? Tell him that. Tell him, say, Lord, I believe it's you that's knocked on my heart and I believe you're real that you came, lived, died and rose for me. I believe that, Lord. So now if you believe that in your heart, you confess with your mouth and say, Lord, I confess all my sins to you, the wrong I've done, please forgive me, Lord. I want to be born again. I want to do life your way. My life is yours. Change me, save me, in Jesus' name. If you've prayed that and you meant that, man, tell somebody. Tell me, as you leave here today, I'd love to hear you tell our pastors. Tell the person next to you. And man, the best is yet to come. I truly believe that. We want to know it here as a church family because we want to help you in your next step of baptism on Easter Sunday. It's going to be a great, great day. Father, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for every one of us to reach someone that needs to know you. Use us for your glory. Give us strength, God. Give us boldness and give us opportunity. And may we make it as a lifestyle. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouts. Amen. Amen. Let's give our great God some love.
0: Freedom Church. I am so glad that you guys tuned in with us this morning. Listen, if you made a decision for Christ today, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. So we have an online connection card. You can click the link in the description of the video that you're watching right now. Um, Let us know about it. Let us know that you accepted Christ as your Savior. Um, And also if you made any other next steps, whether, you know, you want to be baptized or you want to join a connection group or you want to start serving, let us know about it. We want to connect with you even though right now we're online we would just love to continue to connect with you through this season all right what's one of our favorite parts of the service yes i did say favorite parts we are going to give back to god you know the reason that god calls us to give with open hands is so that he can just continue to pour back into us we want to be faithful with what he's given us so if you're ready to give your tithe or offering you can find links for that you can go on our app to give um, and you can visit our website you can also do it the old-fashioned way you can write a check you can mail it to freedom church 1010 freedom church road in gallatin tennessee or you can just drop it by the church during the week, during our office hours, Monday through Thursday. So we just are so glad that you watched with us today. Um, We hope you tune back in next week and we'll see you soon.